0: Film fair, Manjpar Hong, Ranbir Kapoor, Karina Kapoor Khan, Karthik Varun Dhawan, Janvi Kapoor, or Sara Ali Khanke electrifying performances. To Khojayit Ayar for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration. Watch the 69th Hyundai Film Fair Awards 2024 with Gujarat tourism on Sunday, 18th February, 9 pm. Ungiyon ZT. Meat is the yardstick of The American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley, a half hour with radio's newest and friendliest family and starring William Bendix as Riley. You wonder what we mean when we say meat is the yardstick of protein foods? Let's try to explain simply. All protein foods contain substances that the doctor and the chemist call amino acids. Now, these are not acids as commonly known, but a name used by science to define certain chemical substances. Ten different amino acids are essential to enable the human body to build and repair its tissues. All ten of these are present in meat. That's one of the reasons why meat is such an excellent food and why it is the yardstick of protean foods. Now, the life of Riley. Well, the Rileys are slowly settling down in the small house they've rented just outside Los Angeles. And so far, everything seems to be running smoothly. Mr. Riley is due at his job at the war plant at 8 a.m., so we find him now
1: in the kitchen.
2: Oh, Riley, dear, hurry with your breakfast You'll miss the 7.30 bus.
1: Okay. I'm just buttering my toast with this cream cheese. Gee, remember butter.
2: (laughs) Oh, and don't forget, during your lunch hour, call the plumber. We have no hot water.
1: Oh, that plumber's a fresh guy. I phoned him up yesterday, and he said if we wanted hot water, we should heat a pot of it on the stove. Well, so I said to him we didn't have a pot big enough for a person to bathe in. Don't worry, Peg. I'll get a plumber <laughs> here by tonight.
3: Oh, Barbara, what are you doing in that bathroom? It's all right, Mother. Just some bottles fell down. You know, there's no room for anything in that medicine cabinet. Too full of adhesive tape. Yes, Riley. Every time
2: you use that phone at the drugstore, you buy another roll of adhesive tape. Well...
1: Gee, Dumplin', it's nice of Mr. Witherspoon to call us to the phone all the time. The least we can do is to give his cash register a nudge.
3: Well, I've got to go down to the drugstore and phone the beauty salon. I'll be right back.
1: All that kid had for breakfast was a cup of coffee and some fresh lipstick. (laughs) All she does is phone that beauty saloon.
2: Now, dear, a girl her age wants to look her best. that's another reason we need our own phone. She's beginning to go out on dates.
1: When the right boy comes along, she won't need no phone to land him. He'll come in person. Remember that movie we seen with Cleopatra and Casanova? Oh,
2: Casanova. You mean Mark Antony.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look at the boyfriend she had. And not a phone in the joint.
2: <laughs> oh, what an exciting love affair that was. Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Oh, what a romance!
1: Well, Peg, we had quite a romance, didn't we? Until we got married.
3: (laughs) Riley. Gosh, I couldn't make my call. Uncle Baxter is using the phone.
1: Uncle Baxter? Did you have to mention that leech? My food was going down nicely until his name came up.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Daddy. Now, Riley, stop stewing about Uncle Baxter.
1: Mm, That grafter. The weekend he dropped in for two years ago was beginning to run out.
2: Well, I... I didn't want to spoil the surprise, but Uncle Baxter's phoning about a job.
1: That I won't believe until I see it with my own ears.
2: (laughs) Well, I... I wasn't supposed to tell you. Just how many years has Uncle Baxter
3: been out of work?
1: Well, nobody knows exactly. You'd have to look at his birth certificate.
3: (laughs) Well, I'd better get ready for school.
1: Peg, that kid don't need no beauty, Paula. She looks like you, and that ain't hard to take.
4: Compliment.
1: Good morning, Riley,
2: dear nephew. Hello. Well, Uncle Baxter, will you have a bite of breakfast?
4: Oh, no. Go to no trouble, my dear niece. Just the usual grapefruit, coddled eggs, bacon, and coffee. Uh, <laughs> hash brown potatoes, unless French fried are easier.
1: Uncle Baxter, maybe you should take a tonic. You should force yourself to eat.
4: Riley, when one's mind is buzzing with plans, one is much too busy to feel the pangs of hunger. Food is the last thing I think of.
1: Yeah, right before you go to bed. I, uh, I heard you opening a second front in the kitchen last night. I, I uh, presume you landed a beachhead on the icebox. Oh, now, Riley, please, dear.
4: Children, now I shall let you in on a little secret.
1: Did you get the job?
4: Now, let's not get ahead of my story, huh? <laughs> Yesterday, the Flick Smedley Company decided to appoint me director of advertising for the entire West Coast.
1: Oh, how wonderful. Uncle Baxter, have some of my bacon. Uh, to cover that much ground, you need plenty of strength. Uh,
4: thank you, thank you. The uh, position pays 10000 a year.
1: Have a cigar, Uncle Baxter. uh... <laughs> To wash down the bacon.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Naturally, I would have known of this yesterday, but alas, we haven't a phone in the house. All day long, Flick and Smedley tried to reach me. Well,
1: the details don't really matter. When do you start work?
4: Now we come to the tragic part of the story. (laughs) Uh, When I phoned them just now, it was too late. The job had been filled.
1: Give me back that cigar.
4: Here, my boy, it isn't my brand, anyway. Believe me, Riley, I'd have had that job if we had a phone.
1: You couldn't get a job if we had a whole switchboard. Besides, you can't get a phone nowadays. There's a war. So for the duration of the duration, we use that drugstore phone. Mr. Witherspoon's always glad to call us. Glad? Well, sure, we take adhesive off him, don't we?
4: Come
1: Come in.
2: Why, hello, Mr. Witherspoon. We were just
5: talking about you.
1: Sit down, Mr. Witherspoon. Have a cup of coffee.
5: I haven't got time. (laughs) My store is full of customers waiting for me to give them a cup of coffee.
3: Oh, hello, Mr. Witherspoon.
5: Miss Riley, a girl just phoned you.
3: Oh, just a girl?
5: Miss Riley, you had 14 calls from boys yesterday. This just breaks the monotony. Here's her name on this paper.
3: Oh, thank you. Tincture of Benzedrine.
5: (laughs) The other side.
3: Oh, oh, Margie Myers. I'd better call her.
1: Oh, uh, Babs, don't forget to buy a little something while you're there. Uh, 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 Get some adhesive tape.
5: (laughs) Look, Mr. Riley, every time I call you to the phone, you buy adhesive tape. I know you're trying to do me a favor, but you have created a shortage of adhesive tape in this (laughs) neighborhood. I have? The OPA is asking questions. <laughs> Tell me, are you starting a black market in adhesive tape? No, I swear <laughs> I... Mr. I... Riley, get your own phone. I've got flat feet from running from my store to your house. Well, why don't you wear arch
1: supports? You could sell them to yourself and save your own profit.
4: <laughs> why don't you get a boy to help you, my dear apothecary?
5: I've had nine already. Every time I break one in, he gets drafted. Maybe you know someone who's overage.
1: Yeah, an older man, huh?
5: Hey, uh, how's about hiring
4: Uncle Baxter? Riley, you are not suggesting that I
1: become a soda jerk. Well, it ain't hard you just add soda to your present occupation.
3: (laughs)
5: couldn't hire Mr. Tainball. Oh, you could not, and why not, may I ask? Are you impugning my honesty, my intelligence? No, but I wouldn't hire anybody who sits in my phone booth like this morning and talks to bookmakers.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so you talked to Mr. Smedley this morning, huh? You lost the job because we didn't have a phone, huh, Baxter? Well, uh, Riley, <laughs> uh. Surely you don't believe this. Witherspoon, you've lost
5: your senses. I not Uh, only lost my senses, I followed the tips you gave me, and I lost $30. Uh, You'll
4: pardon me. I must shave.
1: Well, don't be too careful.
2: (laughs) Mr. Witherspoon, in the future, we'll try not to have so many phone calls.
5: Thank you. Oh, Mr. Riley, before I go, could you do me a favor?
1: Sure, what is it?
5: Sell me 40 cents worth of adhesive. Well,
1: I'll, uh, I'll drop some off on my way to the bus. Thank you.
2: Well, Riley, so Mr. Witherspoon is always glad to call us to the phone, is he?
1: Well, I can't help it. I didn't start the war. But I'm liable to start one with that uncle of yours. Advertising job. They probably wanted him to walk along the street carrying a sandwich sign. Oh, Dad.
3: Yeah? Not having a phone is ruined my whole life. Well, what's the matter? Margie just told me that Gerald wanted to ask me to the prom. But when he couldn't phone me, he went and asked that Gracie Fletcher. And now I haven't got a date.
1: Well, well, now, honey, now, don't get upset. Look, I ain't going to the prom and I ain't crying. <laughs> Poor
2: child, I'll go and talk
4: to him. Riley, I could not help overhearing the details of Barbara's horrible plight.
1: Uncle Baxter, this, like every other business in this country, is none of your business. Besides, it ain't no horrible plight if my daughter don't go out with that Gerald. I don't trust him. But Gerald's father is a banker. Then he don't trust me,
4: so we're even. (laughs) Riley, you owe it to your family to get a phone. I told you you can't get a phone today. All right, my obstinate nephew. Let your daughter grow up to be an old maid. Do you want to go through life without knowing the thrill of carrying your grandchildren piggyback
1: around the room? Uh, no, Uncle Baxter. i, I got to have grandchildren. At least two. A boy and a girl. But you need a priority. For grandchildren? Uh, for a phone. Say, you think I didn't want a phone.
4: Riley, have you tried to get...
1: Well, no, I talked it over with myself, and we decided it was no use.
4: If I can get you a phone, will you permit me to?
1: Oh, all right.
4: I'll go immediately.
1: Uh, here's 20 cents for your bus fare. Uh,
4: What about my lunch?
1: You had it just now with your breakfast. Uh.
4: <laughs> Farewell, Riley. When you come home tonight, there will be a phone in this house.
2: Oh, Riley.
1: Oh, uh, how's that? Oh, she's all right. Holy smokes. 720, time I kissed you goodbye. Well, you're in rare form this morning, Riley. You know, Dumplin, for a couple that's been hitched for 17 years, our, our romance is doing pretty good.
2: <laughs> I like it, dear.
1: Oh, sir. The Rileys don't have to take a back seat for any lovers, not even Cleopatra and Mr. Anthony. <laughs> While well,
0: we're waiting for Riley to get off to work, let's go to a county fair. See those fine, sleek hogs with blue ribbons hanging on the pen? How much do you suppose they weigh, and how much meat will they make? Well, a 250-pound market-weight hog will produce only about 135 pounds of meat and 60 pounds of fat for lard. Some of this is sheer loss, like the moisture that goes up the smokehouse flue and bacon is smoked to the flavorful goodness you like. And the pounds that do go for food aren't all pork chops and ham and bacon. It includes the pig's feet and hocks and spare ribs and liver and lard, all fine food but ones for which you pay less. In fact, a few pork cuts and some beef cuts, too, frequently sell at retail for less per pound than the per pound price of the live meat animals. They don't even return in money what they cost on the hook. So the cuts that cost a little more must sell for enough to make up for the cost of the pounds lost, as well as for the costs of dressing and chilling, curing and smoking, and bringing the meat to you. Meats are brought from the farm to your kitchen with less added cost than any other group of food you eat, according to the United States Department of Agriculture figures. <laughs> ¶¶ and now back to the life of Riley. It's about five in the evening, and none of the Rileys are home yet. But Mrs. Riley's Uncle Baxter is at home with a man from the telephone company.
6: Hello. 718. Check and ring back. Completed installation. Ring's okay. That's okay. Thank you. Oh, well, there you are, sir. Your phone's ready to use. Oh, capital, capital. Ah, oh, you're lucky to get one. What with the shortage. But being a doctor puts you on top of the list.
4: Oh, uh, I'm not the doctor. That's my nephew. Oh, hey, uh,
6: could I kind of ask the doctor a question about my tonsils?
4: Uh, Dr. Riley's not here. He, he's out on a call. Well,
6: I I just wanted him to look at my tonsils. But I could leave them. I got them in a bottle in my car. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, Dr. Riley is too busy to take any new patient. Well, okay, then. Here, sign here. Uh, Dr. Chester J. Riley per Baxter Turnbull. Thank you very much.
3: Dad, why didn't you go to the movies with Mother?
1: Well, i got to stay here and wait for that plumber. If you don't come pretty soon, I'll have to go down and fix them pipes myself.
3: Oh, Dad, look. A car's in front of the house, and, and a man's getting out.
1: Oh, good. That's the plumber. Now we'll have some hot water.
3: Well, I'm going to bed. I've got a history exam tomorrow.
1: Good night, honey. I'll try and keep the plumber quiet so we won't disturb you. Hey, Joe. You see that house?
6: There. There's a the doctor. See? There's the shingle in the window. Dr. Riley. He just moved into the neighborhood. Boy... I sure hope he can do something for my throat. Wait for me, will you? Oh, good evening,
1: Doc. Good evening. Uh, Bad throat, huh?
6: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's murder.
1: Well, follow me down to the cellar. We'll take a look at those pipes. (laughs) The cellar. The cellar. Yeah, I've been waiting for you all evening,
0: but but, but,
6: but Doc, why the cellar? The light's good up here.
1: Look, Bud, don't stand there with your mouth open. Come on, it won't take long.
6: Uh, probably all I need is some gargles.
1: You don't need goggles. This ain't a welding job. <laughs> Say, you shouldn't have worn that good suit. By the time you're through, you'll be a mess. <laughs> hey, is it that serious? Oh, maybe they're rusty inside, there's rag stuck somewhere. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll flush them with sulfuric acid and sulfuric acid.
6: Oh, yeah. Look, Doc, look, I'd better come back tomorrow. Oh,
1: I ain't letting you get away, pal. Now that you're here, I'm desperate.
6: Look, I ain't going down in that cellar.
1: Well, don't look so worried. They can be fixed. There's nothing that a blowtorch can't do. <laughs> blowtorch,
6: yeah. let me out of here. You're nuts. You're not a doctor.
4: You're a plumber. <laughs> Riley, my all confounded been about? Waking me up in the middle of the evening.
1: Well, Uncle Baxter, there's a lunatic loose in the neighborhood. Plumber comes in here and says I'm not a doctor.
4: I a doctor? Oh, I thought I took that shingle out of the window. Good heavens, I forgot. I...
1: What shingle? In what window? Uh, Say, there is a shingle in the window. It's not the plumber who's a lunatic. Uncle Baxter! Uh, no,
4: Riley, you wanted a phone. While
1: well, Riley can't get a phone. Doctor, Riley, can. Oh, so that's how you got the phone, saying I was a doctor. Of all the low-down double-dealing, I'm going to take that shingle and make you eat it. L- L- Riley, be serene. Count your blessing. I'll serene you. <laughs> Riley, uh, out the window. A policeman
4: with a man who's limping. They're coming here. Ah, cop, good. Uh, I'll tell them what you've done. No, 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 but Riley, th- th- this phone is in your name. Now, according to the law... You have committed a fraud, ipso facto. But
1: well, I can prove I ain't a doctor. I got them by the ipso facto.
4: <laughs> now, Riley, listen. Discretion is the better part of valor. They'll drag you out of the house handcuffed.
1: You mean I can go to jail for this?
4: Well, you can take your choice. You can either go or they'll take you.
1: Now, <laughs> you'll be locked
4: in a tidy cell. You won't be Chester J. Riley anymore. You'll just be number 15328.
1: Well, I don't care. I'm going to tell the truth.
4: All right, number 15329. Agent. Oh. <laughs> Riley, Riley, you can't think of yourself. You must think of your wife and the children and the disgrace you are bringing down on their innocent heads. <laughs> Gee, if, if I go to jail, I may lose my job. <laughs> Riley, the doorbell. What'll I do? Let them think you're a doctor. Get rid of them as quick as you can.
1: My head's beginning to hurt. I need a doctor myself.
4: Shall I open the door, Dr. Riley? Uh,
1: all right, let's get it over with.
4: Hello, doctor. Uh, I'm not the doctor.
6: This is Dr. Riley. Uh, Doc, Mr. Chase here had an accident down the street. Oh, I, I'm all right, doctor. I'll handle this. Examine his leg, Doc. we got to make sure there's no
1: bones broken. Well, <laughs> it looks all right from here. <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with
6: it. See, I, I I can walk. Walk or no walk, the rule book says after an accident, the victim must be examined by a licensed physician.
1: Yeah, but, officer, the man says there's nothing wrong with his leg, and who should know better? After all, it's his leg. He...
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, officer, I think I'll be going. Sit down there. I know my duty. Start your examination, Doctor.
1: Well, let's see, uh... The... Stick out your tongue. Tongue? Uh,
4: It's his leg. Better hurry, Dr. Riley. Don't forget, you're wanted in surgery.
1: uh, Yeah, I... I I almost forgot. Uh, Officer, there's nothing I can do. I I just moved into the neighborhood, and I I ain't got my tools. Uh, Tools? Uh,
4: the, 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 The doctor means instruments, professional slang... Officer, I've got
1: to get home. Yeah, that, that's what I prescribe, a good dose of home.
6: Now, wait a minute, Doc, wait a minute. I want to know what's wrong with this leg, in case he sues the city. Oh, I won't sue anybody. It's only a slight sprain.
1: That's right, it's, it's only a sprain. Maybe not even that. Maybe it's only a fracture. <laughs> a fracture? Uh, professional slang meaning nothing wrong. All Mr. Chase needs <clears throat> is, is exercise. Walking, plenty of walking. And my advice is to start right now. Good night, Mr. Chaston. No charge. Th- wait a minute, Doc. Wait a minute. You mean walking after you've taped
6: up
4: his leg, don't you? Yes, that's precisely what the doctor means. Go on, Dr. Riley. The tape.
1: Look, officer, there's something i got to tell you. Uh, I...
4: d- d- doctor, you better hurry. You know, Mr. Warden is expecting you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: what were you saying, Doc? I, uh, i better tape that leg before gangbusters sets in. I, I... <laughs> Green,
4: I... I'll get some adhesive tape from the surgical cabinet.
7: Oh, Dr. Riley, I'm Mrs. Ponsonby. I saw your shingle in the window and I said to myself, I must drop in and see Dr. Riley.
1: Uh, lady, I'm very busy right now. Go ahead, take care of the lady, Doc. We'll wait. But I, uh... But, uh... Well, all right, into the dining room, madam.
7: Oh, Dr. Riley, I have pains and aches all the time. And, you know, last night I got the most terrible pain in my jaw. So this morning I went to see Dr. Fairfax, and he told me it was my imagination. So this afternoon I went to see Dr. Corn and he frightened me terribly. He said there was nothing wrong. And now, now I'm coming from Dr. Peters, and he just laughs, but I just know that it must be Lockjaw.
1: The Lockjaw wouldn't hurt you. <laughs>
7: operate. I have money. I can afford an operation.
1: Oh, uh, no. I, I seldom operate. What what that jawbone needs is rest.
7: Oh, you mean a month in Palm Springs. Oh, I just love Palm Springs. It's so hot and so cool and so expensive. Uh,
1: there's only one thing that'll fix that jaw. Adhesive tape.
7: <laughs>
1: How quaint. Now, you just wait here and, unless you'd rather leave
7: no no i'll wait oh
1: doctor
6: you have a wonderful bedside manner say doc will you take care of this leg now here's the tape doctor
1: oh yes yeah, the, the tape yeah well let's see we stick a piece here and stick a piece there how's the lady doc anything serious no just a little jaw? Stick a- I'm coming, Mrs. Fonson. Be excuse me, Mr. Chase. I could... Well, I'd better answer the door first.
7: Uh, Doctor,
6: uh, my name is, uh,
1: I'm sorry. I can't do anything for that.
6: <laughs> I, uh, I saw your shingle in the window.
1: Everybody saw that shingle except me.
6: <laughs> There's, uh, something in my eye, Doc. Uh, can
1: you fix me up? Well, I... Uh... I'm, I'm pretty busy taping up this man's leg here. Oh, go
6: on, Doc. His eye is more important than my leg.
1: Now, okay. Here, let me lift that eyelid. Hey,
7: now, take it easy, Doc. Uh, uh, anything there?
1: Mm, yeah, there's an eye. <laughs> and, uh, and a speck of dust. We'll try and work it out. I'll close your eyes now. Now, open your eyes. Now, close them. Yeah, they're closed. Can you see anything? No? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> oh, uh, Dr. Riley, now will you please finish taping my leg? Oh, yeah, sure. I hey, think. yes, but what about my eyes? Uh, I pronounce it cured. Dr. Riley, you better do
7: something. I'm beginning to feel better. Hey, Doc,
1: uh, can I open my eyes now? Yeah, yeah, open them. Well, Mr. Chase, your, your legs all finished. You can go to oh,
6: thanks, Doctor.
1: Oh! What's the matter? Oh. Now I can't walk.
7: <laughs> and I can't talk.
1: And I can't see. And I can't stand it. <laughs> Hello? What? A maternity case? <laughs> well, you, you better call somebody else. I'm busy. How much can a doctor like me do?
6: Now, Doc, if that's a case with a stork, you go on
1: over there. Come on, folks. Everybody out. Dr. Riley's got an emergency. Well, what about
7: my jaw? What about my
1: eye? And my leg? Uh, folks, the flat foot is right. What's an eye or a jaw or a leg? compared to a bundle from heaven. A blasted event.
6: (laughs) Everybody out. Come on.
4: Good night, Doc.
1: Holy smokes. Riley, I I came through the back
4: door. I I phoned you from the drugstore. Oh,
1: then that was you with the stork. Clever ruse to get rid of them, huh? (laughs) Oh, what a night. And all because you had to have a phone. We're taking it out first thing in the morning.
4: Well, you're the boss, Riley. Now to remove the shingle... Uh... Yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah. It's stuck. I'll... Oh, oh I, I cut myself. It's... it's bleeding. It's bleeding. Give me some of that adhesive, will you?
1: Oh, Uncle Baxter. Mm-hmm. Not oh. adhesive.
4: Huh?
1: A tourniquet. And I'll put it on for you. Me, Dr. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> Riley, you have the strangest
4: look on your face.
1: Yeah. Riley's doctor. Uncle Baxter, if you do me one favor, I'll never say another harsh word to you. What's that, Riley? Let me apply this tourniquet to your neck. Riley!
0: How do you do at your house when you're all hungry for a good meat meal and your ration points are getting low. Do you just give up or do you women who plan the meals get busy and hunt down a meat cut that will match your ration points? Well, maybe you need some help on this. Here are a few ideas from the American Meat Institute. You know, there are many meats that call for very few points per pound. For example, when you find lamb shanks at the market, there's the basis for as fine a dish as you can eat. Get one lamb shank for each member of the family. Brown them in fat, braise them slowly in a covered pan in the oven, and you'll have as delicious a meat meal as you can get in the best restaurants. Ox joints are another famous restaurant meat that you ought to try at home. So are barbecued spare ribs and kidney stew. Or, if you want to go into the good old-fashioned homey dishes, try pork sausage and mashed potatoes. Why not have a little chat with your meat man? He knows all the good meat cuts that save points and will help you choose something really good from those he has each day. Remember, even the low-point meats have the essential B vitamins and the minerals iron, copper, phosphorus, and, of course, protein. Yes, meat is the yardstick of protein food. <laughs> All statements regarding the nutritional value of meat made on this program are accepted by the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association.
2: Well, Riley, you still up?
1: Yeah, Dublin. How was the movie?
2: Oh, it was wonderful, Riley. I saw a Dr. Gillespie picture excitement, you wouldn't believe what those doctors go through. Well, you should have been there.
1: I should have been there.
0: Follow the life of Riley next week at this same time. William Bendix, who appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach and be seen currently in the 20th Century Fox picture, Lifeboat. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Koslow. It came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Nile saying, see you next week.
1: Oh, uh, Mr. Niles. Yes, Riley? Don't forget to tell our friends we've all got to buy an extra E-bond and go over the top in the fourth war loan drive. Let's get this war finished, and then we all can live... The Life of Riley. This is the Blue Network.
0: This is WENR at your service, Chicago 54.